Hello and welcome to the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark Shorten. Now, this week I want to talk about some sophomores, um, second-year players in the NBA, ones that we've got a little bit more data to, to go off and ones that we ha- can have a little bit more of an educated um, guesstimate, I suppose, around what they're going to, to do and what their output's going to be for the, the coming season. Unlike rookies, which I know I mentioned last week that I'm not as... In, I'm not in on rookies as much as other people are and as much as other uh, people in the industry are. Sophomores, I'm all about. Um, I like players who have less of an injury history. Obviously, sophomores don't really have a lot of them. Most of them don't really have an injury history to go off. Um, they're younger, so their bodies generally hold up a bit better. Um, and they are probably more often than not the ones who are going to have a bit of a breakout season. Um, so that's what we, and that's what I'm looking to to do as part of this podcast. Obviously, if you're listening to a podcast a month out from the NBA, um, then you're probably pretty switched on anyway, and you probably have an idea of a lot of these players that I'm, I'm talking about. But hopefully, I'm able to either cement a couple of people on your watch list that you're looking for um, and really kind of, yeah, cement that they are players that you should be looking at. Or if there are players who you're only so-so about, uh, maybe I can tip you over the edge either way, whether it's positive or negative. Um, so I only want to – I know the rookies, I went over maybe six or seven of them. Of the sophomores, um, I want to probably only go over about five, probably five that I am really looking at and ones that I really want to draft. Um I'm going to put them in no particular order because depending on how my team goes on the day, like I'll obviously I'll have a plan going into the draft, but if that plan goes skew if, um, if any of the people listening to my podcast are in my leagues, which a few of them should be, um, then they might snipe me. Um, and then I'll need to go into plan B, C, or D, or Z, and, um, and probably try and swing for the fences. So, um, no particular order for these, but you'll probably get a bit of a gauge as to the ones that I absolutely love. Um, so Evan Mobley, um, you know, I'm going to break my rule already. Evan Mobley is the number one sophomore for me coming into this season. He, I, I genuinely think that he could be the second coming of Tim Duncan. The guy's just so good. He's just fundamentally a good basketball player. He, is in a good situation with a team that is pushing for I don't know if they're pushing for a championship, but they're gonna go they're, they're gonna go probably a couple of rounds into the playoffs. Um they've got a a point guard who loves to distribute. They've got a center who's not points heavy. He is a defensive guy. Um and Mobley could really take the next step up in his development. And I honestly think that I'll be looking at him in like the fourth round, um, potentially even earlier, depending on how, how my draft's going, as I mentioned. If I, pulling up my notes here on Evan Mobley, he had 15 points, eight boards, 1.7 blocks, um, and he passed the ball really well for a big guy, nearly three assists per game. That put him into top 90 in overall fantasy value, but I think that he's going to take the next leap up, and I, I really hope that people undervalue him. If I am 
sitting there in the back end of the fourth, I'll have no hesitations in taking Mobley because I think that he's just going to get the job done. And I think that he's going to have a really big season um, and somebody that we could see as the um, as one of the most improved players. And there isn't, there isn't much that I dislike about the guy, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, pulling up his numbers from uh, free throw percentage does hurt, but I don't really care. Um, he's projected to go close to 17 and 10 with nearly two blocks. Like, that's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I'm all in on Evan Mobley. Um as I said, I think the fact that he is on a team that is going to be making a run helps because they're in that middle window, um, which is plays that I, I really love taking plays on teams that are sitting between like the sixth seed or the fifth seed um, through to like the 10th seed because they're not tanking. They're not going to rest players coming towards the end of the season. Um, and they really want to show their supporters and their team a winning culture. Um, and that's just fantasy gold. Um, coming towards your fantasy playoffs, you don't want rests. You don't want tanking teams because obviously that hurts. Players aren't going to be on the court. Evan Mobley is going to be in a position where he should, fingers crossed, and injury withstanding, is going to play 75 games um, and be an absolute stud. And he's, as I said, Somebody who I am targeting hard in my fantasy drafts this year. Another one that I'm targeting, and to be honest, I could take them in back-to-back rounds, Cade Cunningham. I spoke about Jaden Ivey last week. Um, I'm big on Jaden Ivey, but I'm really big on Cade Cunningham. He has got such a fantasy-friendly skill set. Um, those points are beautiful. Those rebounds and assists are just so handy to have. He shoots the ball from range. He can steal. He does turn the ball over a lot, so keep that in mind. But Cade Cunningham is is a stud, and he's going to be a stud going into this season as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him... I think he'll pull out a couple of cheeky triple-doubles every so often, but I think that he'll probably average somewhere in the region of 21, 22 points, um, seven boards, seven assists, and potentially we could see something like 2.5 stocks. So whether that is in the region of what 1.4 steals and 1.1 blocks, something along those lines. Um, as I said, his turnovers do hurt. Um, so you do need to take that in, into consideration. I think that there is a chance that he could average three and a half, four, four and a half turnovers um, and have nights that absolutely tank your week in those categories. Um I think his field goal's definitely going to hurt as well. Um, but for me, um, and I see Kate as a potentially a fourth rounder as well, um, definitely no later than a fifth, uh, well, no later than, than a late round fifth, sorry, a late fifth rounder. Um, I, I think the good outweighs the bad. And I, I think that he's going to have a stellar NBA career and I think he's a really good basketball player. Again, I think fitness and health is going to be key. Detroit are going to be bad, um, so there is a real shutdown risk. But having said that, the the only risk that we're going to have is if they are 
better than the worst teams, if that makes any sort of sense. So if they're not sitting as one of the bottom few picks, um, then they're going to want to tank a little bit further down just to make sure that they can really maximize their chances at Victor and Benyama. Um, and if that is the case, that's obviously going to hurt. But he didn't sit last year. Um, he still played 60-odd games last year. And I think that if we can get... 65 to 70 games this year, I'll be pretty happy with that considering I think he's going to be a really good player. The other thing is is that those fantasy skills or that fantasy skill set is so tradable. Like if you're if you're looking at, um, and obviously I'll keep you guys up to date as we go, but if we're looking at Detroit being somewhat okay and we do think that they're going to start a, a tanking or there is whispers of it or he has a bit of a, um, like a rolled ankle and we think that it's going to be one of those, oh yeah, he hasn't fully recovered three months later season's over, blah, blah, blah. Um, you'll be able to trade him for sure. Um, and you, you'll you be able to get dollar for dollar value because Cade Cunningham is is a stud. Um, and he is the, the key piece and the focal point on a pretty ordinary side. So again, Cade Cunningham is somebody that I am really big on going into this year. Next is Isaiah Jackson. As I said, these are in no particular order. So Isaiah Jackson is not necessarily the third player or the third sophomore that I'm targeting. That's not to say that he's not, but I am quite big on... (coughs) Apologies. I'm quite big on Isaiah Jackson going into this year, mainly from a late-round stud or late-round player who will get minutes, um, but I don't, I'm not convinced that Miles Turner is, A, going to start the season as a pacer. Uh, he's certainly not going to finish the season as a pacer. And if that is the case, Isaiah Jackson is going to just annihilate it. If we're looking at his per 36 numbers, we're looking at 20 points, 10 boards, 3.5 blocks, 1.6 steals. Even on 15 minutes a night, he still had... Eight points and 1.4 blocks. Now, is he going to get more than 15 minutes a night? Yes, he absolutely is going to get more than 15 minutes a night. Is he going to get 36? Probably not. But if he can get his way into a 25 to 30, that's just silly. He's just going to absolutely annihilate it. Um, And I think that he's going to be somebody that he will be such a hot commodity on the waiver, so you want to beat people to that. So I... And again, it depends on what sort of league you're in. I'm pretty active on waivers, and I recommend that everybody should be pretty active on waivers, especially if it is a daily setup league, um, a daily lineup league where you've got to set your your lineups daily. Um, But the other thing is, is if he's there for your last round pick, pick him and hold him. Uh, Pick him and hold him for a month, see what happens, see if there's any whispers about Miles Turner, because he he genuinely could be a league winner. if he, if Miles Turner goes, it's going to be a timeshare between him and Goga. We already know Jalen Smith is going to be starting at power forward. And I think that Isaiah Jackson will beat out Goga for the starting role and he'll play 30 minutes, at least play 25 minutes a night. And even at 25 minutes a night, we're still looking at, I don't know, 15 and 8, 15, yeah, 15 and 8 with at least two blocks, which 
for your last round pick. Yeah, I don't, I don't really need to tell you how good that is. Um, so that's three players. The and look, I've got probably a list of what well, I've got ten players here, um, eleven players here that I I like as sophomores. Uh, as I said, I'm not going to go through all of them because I want to leave some content for the for the draft guide, um, but. If we look at somebody like Davion Mitchell, Davion Mitchell, um, I think that he's going to be really, really big um, in Sacramento this year. There is a chance that he starts. There's a chance that he he starts at the two guard. We know Darren Fox gets injured all the time. A stiff breeze will knock him over and put him on, put him on the ice for a month. Um, There's, Chance that he starts at, at the two. At worst, he's running the second unit. Um, and I think the situation is really good for him. The The increased value, and the the increase that we saw was once Buddy Heald and um, Tyrese Halliburton left. His assists went up to nearly six a game. His points went up to nearly 13 a game. He's a really good defensive guard as well. And as of yet... We haven't seen that translate into the NBA. Um, probably not dissimilar to like a um, DeAndre Hunter, who is a really good defender, but hasn't been able to put it together for, for fantasy. He hasn't really been able to showcase that for fantasy. If we can get Davion Mitchell up to a 1.2 to 1.3, um, and I think he can do that. I potentially think he could do more. Um then I think that the assists and the points will will showcase why we're taking him. Um, I do think he's a late round guy, um, but I, I do love handcuffs, and he is a, an amazing handcuff for um, for Darren Fox. I don't. Let me have a quick look at how many games Fox has played in the last couple of years. Um, I don't know if it's going to be too many. Um, Quick look. Darren Fox played 59 games last year. 58 the year before that, 51 the year before that. So the guy misses games. Um, Sacramento are going to be bad. They, yeah, I think that there is a real chance that David Mitchell is a top 75 guy um, that you can get at 150. Um which is just really, really good value there. If you get Darren Fox, you must get Davion Mitchell, in my opinion, because if Fox goes down, Mitchell will explode. Um, I think he's got standalone value, as I said, but as a handcuff goes, I think that he is somebody that will benefit if Fox goes down, and you want to be on the um, on the end of that. Um, and finally, the last player that I want to talk about here from the, the sophomores is I reckon I will throw a controversial one in there and talk about Alperen Shangun. Um, I like him, but I know that I'm not going to get him in any of my drafts. Um, he... 
he's spoken a lot of people speak about his mini Jokic skill set, and he's uh, if you have a look at Jokic's rookie numbers, um, Sanguins are better, blah blah blah, all that sort of stuff. He through his per thirty six minute numbers are good. Sixteen and a half points per game, nearly ten boards, nearly four and a half assists. You're looking at three three combined stocks. His free throw percentages are atrocious. His turnovers are atrocious. Houston will suck, so they will be tanking. So I don't know if they want to unleash him too much. But the probably the number one thing for me is that somebody in your league, it may be you, you, you may be a Houston fan, you may be all in on Sengun. Um, I'm not all in. I am in, but I'm not all in just yet. Somebody will take him in the 50s, um, which I just can't do. I, I do see him as a top 90 guy, um, maybe even a little higher, top 80. But I just, I, I'm really concerned that he won't get the sort of production that we probably are expecting. Jabari Smith's there. Jalen Green's there. Those two guys are going to demand the ball and want a lot of the ball, and I just... I'm just not 100% sure. Kevin Porter Jr. is there as well. He's a he's a usage monster, puts up garbage. Um, I... As I said, I like him. Um... But for for the price that he's coming at, I think that he'll probably be somebody that I miss out on. And I'm okay with that as well. Um, I was beating the drum harder than a lot of people whenever it came to him last year, thinking that he was going to break out second half of the season, Christian Wood's going to sit, all that sort of stuff. Um, I am willing to be hurt again, but I don't know if it is at the cost of a top 50 or, or top 60 pick. I just am not convinced that that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, again, happy to be proven wrong. Um, and if you do disagree, let me know. Um, jump onto the TikToks. Let me know. Um, I'm probably more active on there than I am on the, the comments here, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but yeah, outside of that, as I said, I've got plenty of other names that I want to go over um, on the uh, on the draft guide. We've got Bones Highland. We've got Herb Jones. Um, Herb Jones, I think, is a, is a sneaky dude this year. Um, you've got Scotty Barnes. You've got Josh Giddy. You've got Jalen Green. Um, there is, yeah, there is some definite value to be had in this year's sophomores. But um, that we'll keep for another day. Um, thank you again for listening. Um, join in next week. Uh, I'll be going over my top 20 list. Um, just putting the final touches on that. You may get a sneak peek if you download the draft guide in advance of that. Um, but yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe.